Hmm, that's weird. That's weird. Kind of weary me out. You are a sad, strange little man. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's just crazy. Isn't that weird? That's weird, man. It's strange. What's up, campers? Welcome back to episode 123 of Camp Strange. I am your camp counselor, Alex Tobin, and we're back to bring the spooky, wacky, weird, strange, and leg. <laughs> and as you may have noticed, um, David could not be with us this week because he has prior engagements he has to deal with, but in lack of a David, we have brought another David. A David you all know, you all hate. That's right. I'm talking David the Coward. Wow. It's uh it's an honor to be here. Um I feel like I have some really big size 22 shoes to feel for for the other David. Um but I I'm pretty sure the last time we did this recording that we got past the uh the coward line, but that's fine. I'm back. Sure, yeah, coward. No, you, I'm here. The coward status will always live in infamy on this podcast. You will forever and always be a coward to us. So thank sure. you for thank you so much for coming back on. It's been a very long time since we've had you on. I think I was on episode 55. <laughs> I looked. But I was trying to figure out where it was. It was like October 2019. And you've been. Uh, it's been a while. You've been uh, you've been asking if you come back on uh, ever. No, I haven't. Ever That's since you've been no. begging, knocking on my door, sending me you guys. Chocolates. You came to me. You came to me and said, "Oh, oh, David, I need you." <laughs> and I said, "I said, look, talk to my agent, see what we can work out." And you know, luckily, you found a time slot to fit in. It would so have been for you. It would have been much cooler if you said, "Talk to the hand," because no one says that anymore, and I missed that. I don't know what I would say if somebody said that to me. I don't know if I'd like it. <laughs> I chopped their hand off. Anyway, let's get back into these news stories that you strange news stories that you may have missed this week. And David, I have one right here that you're gonna love and hate as angry chickens wreak havoc at McDonald's parking lot drive through in New Jersey. Are they protesting? What are they doing? So basically in Washington Township, New Jersey, police were called into action when a flock of chickens started wreaking havoc at a McDonald's in New Jersey. And they apparently uh, they called 911 and the flock of chickens were attacking drive through customers in a McDonald's parking lot, which I do not understand because a McDonald's drive through means that you're in your car. Who's Are they breaking through the vehicle? <laughs> what are they doing? They, they, they weren't to open doors, David. We have to hide. I got I gotta say, I don't know if you've ever been in a chicken coop. They hurt. I don't know if you. They can really get you. I don't know if you've ever been in a McDonald's drive-through, but I haven't. It's <laughs> well because you're you're known you're a known vegan, and I just thought I just wanted to know about uh, the statement I'm about to make. I just want to know your take on it. So you know, the animal control came, and uh, they were able to tackle one of the chickens. <laughs> And a second uh, was captured with a net. So when you tackle a chicken, is it more of like a falling on the chicken? That's what I'm wondering. Did I'm trying to think of like the leverage that you can get because you know when you're taught to tackle in football, you go for the legs. I, you always go for the yeah. legs. But with a chicken, you can't get low enough for that. It's more of like a more of like a timber on you, top. You want to hit them right like, in the breast. Yeah, right in the breast. But chickens know uh, it's all t all front, all top heavy, no legs. So I mean, it's an easy one if you can get low enough. That's the thing. That's fair. And um, that's fair. officials say the chickens are safe, 
and will remain at Warren County Animal Control for seven days, and then they will be swung by the neck in the public square. Oh, I'm just kidding. It's, it's just, they'll be put up uh, for adoption if the owners do not come forward. But I decided, oh, Jesus Christ. And then, of course, this funny person, whoever's writing this article, says, no word on whether the chickens were angry about McDonald's plans to roll out a new chicken sandwich. <laughs> you know, I really would love to get into the mind of these people that comment on, like, Yahoo News articles. No, that wasn't a comic. Like, that was in the article. Oh, that was in the article? <laughs> Somebody wrote that? Ah, shit. But they probably are mad that McDonald's did raise the price of the McChicken by 39 cents, and this is not okay. That's fair. They're trying to just... A person's really putting their journalism degree to work. <laughs> I mean, Good for we them. can't talk. We I have this podcast, and you're on this podcast right now, so we're the losers, too. We got nothing to say. <laughs> so- but uh, yeah, I just thought that was very interesting. Just stay in your car in the drive-thru. What are you guys doing in New Jersey? You guys like talking to each other outside the cars? Jesus Christ. It's not that hard. All right. Stay away from them chickens. I got one. Uh, here we go. Naked fugitive rescued from crocodile-infested crocodile mangroves by fishermen. <laughs> okay. Um, the suspected armed robber was found sitting on a tree branch on the outskirts of Darwin, Australia, he had been lost for how many days? You think he's lost and a fugitive? He was lost, so he was a fugitive. Okay. He had been gone off the map. How many days do you think he was? He was sitting up there, uh, naked in Australia. I think you can only go about three days. Four days. What oh, an idiot! Fuck. You, not him. I mean, he's a smart guy. He got out of prison. I well, guess. now I'm wondering: is the is the ground in Australia all made of crocodile swamps? It's all crocodiles. It's all water. <laughs> And then whatever's not crocodile and water is predominantly spiders. Okay, I was going to say, like, Fugitive runs out of bank with money and immediately has to hop from crocodile head to crocodile head to make it back home. You have to fight six kangaroos on your way out. <laughs> it's like a but... 70s cartoon. <laughs> well, he was found by a couple of fishermen who pulled up on him, and apparently they thought he had just had, like, a really crazy New Year's oh. and was just, like, fucked up and naked in a tree. Um, so they, they took him down, they gave him a beer... And then, uh, unfortunately, since they, they called the hospital, or they called 911 or whatever. What's 911 in Australia? 12? It's, uh, 116. It's, it's just upside seven. down, right? That was, that was really good. I like that for you. <laughs> um, damn, I don't I really should know write articles have... for that fucking news place. <laughs> so bad. Sorry. Um, the police were waiting for him, and oh. he, was, he, was, he was brought into custody. Um, there, I mean, so. I just don't know why he's naked. Uh, I've heard... I know one person did that because, like, the helicopters were – I watched this documentary, and he, he was running from the cops, and he stripped naked and jumped into a river because if you, like, coat yourself in mud, then the infrared helicopters can't see you as well or something. I was like, oh, that's oh, really wow. – I didn't even – you have to be, like, a, a level 10 fugitive for that. Like, Can I ask you a question? Yeah. If you escaped from prison, do you think you could, like, make it to Mexico and get away? Uh, from California? Okay, let's say you're in Northern California. You have to make it all the way down the coastline, get to Mexico, get through. You're out. Uh, yeah, I think I could, but like, how how big of a fugitive am I? Are they setting up roadblocks, or am I? Did I just like kill somebody and nobody knows about it yet? <laughs> you killed somebody, but a local sheriff just figured it out. Oh shit! So he's setting up roadblocks and stuff. Well, I mean, he's trying to, like, get everybody to believe him. It's it's the plot of the film that we're writing together. Oh, okay. Uh, I think we I, just started writing it tonight. I think I could do it. To, the, the hard part is going to be loading myself in the cannon to shoot over the border. But, like, I think it, if 
I got my guys. I mean, who's going to light the fuse? That's what it really comes down to. <laughs> oh, fuck. Um, Jesus. But let's find out sooner rather than later. So we'll f- Yeah, let's get to it. Yeah, we'll get to it. But um, speaking of escaping, escaped hamster braves freezing temperatures to get to candy store. <laughs> Isn't that just the most wholesome thing you've ever heard? I'm trying to think of a joke of how to make this. It's like, is this just you going to a candy store, oh, Tobin? But I, it's too cute to think of a little hamster. It's just going to so a candy good. Store. But listen, so I was like, what the fuck is this going to lead into? So this happened in Scotland, and an apparent escaped hamster has uh, braved sub freezing temperatures to make it to a candy store, um, and apparently. Uh, the Scottish SPCA said the hamster was caught on CCTV footage clinging to a person who entered the Poundland candy shop in Glasgow. That is a sexy candy store. I know that's what I was thinking too. That's <laughs> a horny candy store. I was like, there's some Sorry. orgies that happen in the back. They use cow Poundland. tails and they use these red vines, long red vines, and they whip you with them. What's a cow tail? Uh, it's like a, I don't know, it's like an old candy. It's like... What an obscure candy. <laughs> anyway, so this hamster was just clinging onto this person. Where were they where they ha- had a hamster on them? Or a hamster could get on them? Hear me out. What's a hamster weigh? At least one pound? Uh, 1.7 pounds. You you feel when a fly no not even a pound I don't like, no not even a pound a hamster no way man half pound. you know what anybody go probably going into a camp candy store called the what is it pound Poundland pa- Poundland they probably have too many pounds on themselves they didn't feel it <laughs> he's like he already had four other hamsters in his pocket but apparently the hamster jumped off and apparently uh, yeah the the shopper was completely unaware inside the store. And they just, like, found this hamster, checked the CCTV, and the hamster's in good health despite his journey through okay. the street's temperatures that reached a low five degrees. Ooh, no thank you. And get, He probably has a nice little winter coat going. They, Do we have a name? Uh, they don't know his name, so they named him. What did they name him? David. Of course. Uh, uh, oh, they named him David. No, 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 no. They named him... <laughs> I saw you trying to figure out a name. No, they named him Tom Cruise. <laughs> oh, fuck. That's really good. They said... Uh, I was going to say, like, Bon Bon. Oh, that would have been good. Like, a candy name. Yeah, he's like, like a licorice candy Like, licorice or, like, uh, like saltwater taffy, the hamster. No, I really think Bon Bon was kind of a win. Yeah, I don't you, know why we're moving away from that. Maybe just, like, Tootsie Roll. Maybe, like, um, Nerd. <laughs> Fucking Nerd. <laughs> nerd rope uh, um well speaking oh do you have more no no um but he's he's doing okay i think they're they're trying to That's find good. the owners Can anybody adopt him no they're trying to find the owners right now but i'm sure right. there's a long line of people who want bon bon slash tom cruise big time well um speaking of tom cruise uh nella zeiser sets guinness world record for eating chicken nuggets the former Miss Earth New Zealand made the fast food gone in 60 seconds. Okay, wait, how many so, nuggums are we talking? So here's why I brought up the story, because typically I don't think this is, like, Miss Earth? too interesting. It's just, yeah, Miss Earth New Zealand. I don't know what that means. Um, uh, Nella Zeiser, the former Miss Earth New Zealand and a medical student, still found the time to be an eating champ. Uh, Guinness World Records on Wednesday posted a video of her setting the mark for the most chicken nuggets consumed in a minute. Oh. So you hear that, you think it's going to be something really 
I mean, what what's your guess for most chicken nuggets in a minute? Oh man, uh, I don't know what's the funnier answer. Should I go low or high? I'm gonna say fourteen. Okay, so this is why I was blown away because it was sixteen. <gasps> okay. And I thought that was low. It does seem low, especially for like people who are c- competitive food eaters. I've seen like people yeah. eat hot dogs so fucking fast and a chicken nugget. I watched the video, and I'll send it to you, and it's like it's not super impressive. Like when you see Kobayashi splitting dogs and just fucking huffing them down. Yeah, Joey like, Chestnut. Like, oh, oh man. Joey Chef- Chestnut stuffing his fucking chomper full of dogs. <laughs> On a regular basis, you gotta, just you gotta, dogs. You gotta soak the bun. That's the trick. Dip soak it in the water, bun, so stuff the dog. Stuff dog, yeah. yeah. Stuff the dog. Because <laughs> they do it in Coney Island. You gotta say dog. Yeah, 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 yeah dog. I, but anyway, I, I mean, wood I, slats on a on a on a pier. I genuinely think you could beat this. I think I would choke to death and die. <laughs> I get so scared. Yeah, but like you go out a winner. I know, but like wasn't there somebody that went to our college who like went to a pancake eating contest and they choked to death and died? And I always think about that now. I don't know. Well, either that's real or I just made that up to protect me. Was from... that a weird fever dream you had? <laughs> I'm, it's my mind protecting my body. This is the dream body. you had when you were when you were sleepwalking in your night terrors, eating pancakes <laughs> in your fucking kitchen at two a.m. Then I might have actually choked and then formed that in my dream. So, <laughs> luckily, I am just as good as unclogging unclogging my uh, airway asleep as I do awake. So I'm okay, everybody. Wow. Don't worry. Um, but so 16, I can do that. You got that. You have that in the bag. You got to soak the nuggets. She didn't do that. She was just eating them, eating them out of a little thing. Apparently they do it by weight. So it's, it's 10 and a half ounces. Okay. No, I, no, someone's going to break that. No one. I'm going to sound like an idiot. I, what's a pound? Is a pound 12 ounces? 16 ounces. 12, 12, 12, 12 ounces. What's a pound? Why are you doing this to me? Hey, Google. 16 ounces? Is that a glass of water? <laughs> ah, I always do this. This is bad for us. Hey. This is Now I feel like I'm in a position when I listen to your guys' podcasts and you guys say the stupidest shit and I'm like walking my dog and I'm like, no, it's this. And I'm like, I, like, I want to contribute, but I can't. It's really, I don't. I'll just say this. It's really easy to be wrong when you're not on microphone. Yeah. It's scary up here on this big, it's tough up big here. mic. Big mic. Oh, and just a just a just something to flag. Tobin's on microphone. I'm on iPhone. Yeah, we, we had to set this up kind of jankily, but um, you know, it's it's COVID times. We can't have people around each other right now, so we're we're playing what we got. We're we're doing what we can do. It's hard to get microphones. You know, it's it's crazy how many uh, how many random guys in their twenties decided to start a <laughs> podcast this year. Yeah, LA's out of microphones because in the pandemic, everybody created a podcast. Every single man in his early twenties in Los Angeles now is a podcast. And I so. have all of their ads on my Instagram, and they're all <laughs> recorded on phones as well. Actually, sounds like so. Maybe the microphones are there; they're just hiding it from us. So who knows? Um, but um, I, are you? Do you have any more news stories, David? I I just have a small one. Okay. Um, oh yeah, illegal winer. Yeah, illegal <laughs> winery busted at Alabama's town sewage plant. Wait, they make him poop wine. Wait, 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 wait. We call that Pruno. But wait, there they had a winery at the sewage plant. So 
Apparently, sheriff officials say that they busted an illegal winery that was operating at a municipal sewage plant in a small North Alabama town. Um, photos released by investigators show glass containers, buckets, a fermenting rack, and other equipment often used by people who make wine at home. Uh, it, it seems as though these, uh, these home brewers were making, gosh, more than a hundred gallons of white and red wine. Why? For... And it's, it's illegal to make more than 15 at home. Really? So, oh, uh, so it's like the whole weed plant thing where you like, it's like four plants per person or something like that. Two plants. Is it two plants per person or four plants per person? Yo, bro, I'm going to tell you this right now. Alcohol was like the original weed. <laughs> <laughs> i know dude seriously but yeah, what a terrible joke everybody should stop listening to this fucking podcast no now. i agree with you i but uh if you smoke too much weed people don't look better they look scarier <laughs> Ooh, she's sexy over there my drunk friend says i say who the guy in the bunny costume i'm scared donnie darko reference i don't know I just like imagining somebody being like, "Hey man, you wanna you wanna try this wine? Oh, where was it made? Right next to the shit." Yeah, no joke. I mean, fuck. That's. Can I have a glass? I want to try mm-hmm. it. Yeah, that's all you. With accents um, of I know, corn. Do you have any more news stories? No, I'm I'm good. Okay, I just have another quick one. This one was just too much fun to not slang them out. Um, I'm. This is a little odd. You know, I know you guys only do like two or three ways, but. Um, Aroused monkey escapes from French zoo and takes over local Burger King. Oh, David is David Stokes is so mad he's not here right now. That's that's Pretty nuts. Huh? That's his story. We had a we had a very horny monkey in French oh who escaped the local zoo oh and apparently just had to get a nightmare whopper. Oh my! That's that's every. You wonder where David is? He's in French. He's on a well, date <laughs> with this I mean, to monkey. be honest, to be honest, in recognition and honor of our lovely David, um, I'm just fucking with you. That story's totally not. Oh, <laughs> fuck off. I was you like, walked right into that well, one, kid. I was just like, this is too perfect. It's like, it's, it's his dream come true. Yeah. It's everything. You look like a big dummy right now. <laughs> well, everyone at home's like, wow. He got him. Well, who looks dumber, me or David Stokes, who's buying a plane ticket right now to France because you texted him that too, and you haven't he told him. Stop listening to the podcast, like right there. <laughs> he's, he's on his way to France right now. Oh, holy shit! What, That's all I have. One day, one day, one day it'll happen. But, I mean, odds are it might happen. <laughs> they're high, but um, yeah, uh, I guess let's just get into these uh, these regular stories that we got for you now. Let's just do now. Let's do it. Now, David, the coward. Although David Stokes is not with us today, I would like to read you a story that just reminded me of him in a strange way. Now, most of you know David Stokes has a rotten leg, which stinks. (laughs) That is why he has to wrap it in a trash bag on the daily. So today. It's it's so stinky. It's gross. dogs always bothering with yeah, it. Yeah, dogs are always nibbling at it and shit. I feel uh, bad for the guy. He can't walk down the street. <laughs> oh, he can't walk. Too many dogs. <laughs> he can't walk in general. That leg's stiff. Can't even roll down the street. Too many dogs are gonna be 
bothering with it. It's either it has no blood or all the blood. I don't know. <laughs> I can't figure out the anatomy of his leg right now. Oh, God. So, so today I want to read you a story about a leg, but not just a story about a leg. A story about deception, fraud, murder, and, of course, a leg. So today I tell you the story of fraud queen and serial killer Martha Merrick. Now, you probably don't know this name because I didn't know this name until I went into the deep, dark depths of Reddit and I found a name and I started reading and I was like, ooh, this is very Camp Strange. She sounds like a shortstop, like a a professional (laughs) softball player shortstop. Yeah, yeah, she stops it with her chest. She just like leans in, boom, like like the ball is You ever hear a name and you're just like, that's a baseball name. Martha Merrick. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like anybody named Bo? That guy plays baseball. Yeah, and she's doing like on her baseball card, it's like the the stance where you're just like extending the bat towards the fence kind of, you know, like like not like a not like a wind up, but like yeah. an, an ex, like a Babe Ruth point. That's like the coolest. Uh, For her I kind of feel like it's card. the baseball card isn't of her, it's just all leg. <laughs> it's, it's a leg on the pitcher's mound, but is lunging forward. It's weird. Um, Martha Merrick. Martha Merrick. Shortstop sometimes, legs a pitcher. So let's get into it. So Martha Lowenstein was born in Vienna. That was her maiden name, obviously. So she was Thanks for clearing that up. I just thought, you know, a lot of people are confused now. Who's this? So Martha Lowenstein was born in Vienna, Austria in 1904, back in the day, to unknown parents as she was orphaned at a very early age. Although an orphan, Martha grew up in poverty as she eventually came into care of a poor Vi- uh, v- Viennese family. I wanted to there say Vietnamese. First one of the, first oh. one of the episode. <laughs> I want to say Vietnamese. It's Viennese family who took her in. In 1919, at the age of 15, Martha began working in a dress shop to make money for her and her family. While working in the shop... Her beauty caught the attention of Moritz Fritsch. Frisch. Fritz. Moritz Frisch. So Austrian. Um, a wealthy 74-year-old department store owner. Oh, that's not okay. This is 1919, but I'm pretty sure a 74-year-old man is not supposed to look at a 15-year-old and go, Wow, she's so beautiful. I can't, I can't wait to buy a dress from her. Yeah, that ain't that ain't okay now nor never. <laughs> so, it was like okay back then because of what he's about to do. See, just a couple years later, in the early 1920s, Merrick became a ward or caregiver of Frisch. So Aww. that's just the creepy way of him being like, bathe me. Bathe me and I'll pay this you to isn't, bathe me. This isn't going to go wrong at all. No, no. You, you'll you find out. I, I can't wait to find out that she became a successful chemist and then they, <laughs> they lived happily ever after. Shortstop. Sorry, shortstop. <laughs> <laughs> but it wasn't long after that Martha would soon become, of course, his lover. Poor Martha. There it is. Poor Thanks. Martha. Um, poor Frisch. That's a the Frisch. That's a lot of that's a lot of uh, pressure on him. He a, <laughs> he's like, I'm I'm reaching eighty. How does he even have a libido anymore? I don't get it. Can so, you imagine being eighty in nineteen twenty? I just by inflation, health inflation. That's like being a hundred and thirty now. <laughs> See, well, here's the fucked up thing. Like, 
one I was trying to find out his age and one of the stories said 80 and the other one said 50 so I don't even know if that is inflation for his age he's like 50 year olds are 80 year olds but like I found a tombstone I just made up health inflation so don't worry about that no I think <laughs> I you got think, nothing to worry about there <laughs> I just don't know what like so I found a tombstone that said 80 years old but then that was in Texas and but he was born in Vienna and I was like I'm so confused right now this guy obviously... and you and you went to all these places <laughs> <laughs> I'm broke. You're dedicated for this podcast, man. I wrote this story today. <laughs> I had to dig him up, too, just to make sure it was him. And guess what? He still stinks. So, soon after they became romantically involved, Frisch decided to send Martha to an expensive finishing school in France and England. So, two of them, in where? actually. Fr- French and English. I'm here, David uh, Stokes. Just know. I'm keeping him honest. <laughs> Um, where she would be surrounded by wealth and opulence, a taste of high class she would forever crave from then on. So if you guys don't know what a finishing school is, if you've ever seen, uh, what's it called, The Princess Diaries uh, with Anne Hathaway, I believe. It's a school for young women that focuses on teaching social graces and upper class cultural rights as a preparation for entry into society. I don't think you, that just sounds like a big waste of money to me, but you know. Life was different. So is all school. Go yeah. get a job in the steel factory. That's what I say. Yeah, just like lose your hand at 14 and then just learn to tap dance or something. I don't know. What do people do when they get in horrible? <laughs> you, the only successful people in this world have had a had a major trauma or setback. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So you need to set yourself up to really just lose. Like Johnny Tremaine, like, like meld your hands together. Nobody knows that one. Okay. I don't know who Johnny Tremaine is. So, so, upon returning from school, Martha immediately moved back in with Fish. I can never say his name no, right. No, you're doing Fish. great, man. Keep going. Thank you. While also starting to have an affair with a local young engineer named Emil Merrick. I mean, if anybody's ever listened to uh, Lion Eyes by the Eagles, you know that the old guy with money is being cheated on. He always has to be. No one listens to Lion Eyes. Okay, there we go. You're so, over two right now. <laughs> so, the affair was kept a secret until just a few years later when Fish eventually died at the age of 80 years old. And like I said, some sources say 50, but I'm going to go with 80 just to make him a little grosser in this story. So, it was just three years since they began their relationship and now Fish was dead. And Martha had inherited his mansion in the Vienna woods as well as a large sum of money. Hell yeah, that's how you do it. I'm surprised he didn't have any family he wanted to give any of that to, but she might have known that when she, you know, got in a relationship with him, which it's it's all strategic, baby. Look, at the end of so, the day, don't tell my fiance. The goal is ultimately to still marry an extremely old, extremely wealthy woman. <laughs> Who has a who has a mansion in the Vienna woods? Oh yeah, big time. I mean, where else am I gonna live? Where else am I gonna eat my Vienna sausage? hundred percent out of the can. I just want all. Oh, I want to live in the in the cold, damp, shady woods and eat my my cold, damp Vienna food off of off of mossy rock. What do they eat there? Moss and sausage. <laughs> Mossage. Mossage. <laughs> 
<laughs> so within months of Fisha's death, Martha and Emil were happily married. Not a good look, but who cares? He's dead. Living in the Vienna mansion. But it would only be two more years before their lavish lifestyle caught up with them and the money dried up. I don't even know how you spend that much money in two years. This lady had a spending problem, obviously, or something like that. I don't I don't know, but she it seems like every time she gets money, she just like burns through it in like months, weeks, years. I don't know, but it's crazy fast. I'll tell you how, buddy. So, Online gambling is pretty easy. <laughs> I always wondered about that. I think I could be a millionaire. You ever play Pie Gal online? <laughs> I don't know. I, what's the one with like it's pinball, but also gambling? They played in J- Japan. Is it called like uh, Plinko, Chipinko, Plinko, Plinko? I just want to let you keep going, making making noises over there. What's it called? It looks fun. No, you were close with Chipinko. Pachinko, 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 Al Pacino. Oh, that, wow, let's play some pinball. So, (laughs) the the couple was forced to sell the lavish mansion because they were broke now, but for some reason, they felt like they still did not have enough wealth to live the lifestyle they had become used to, so they came up with a plan. So they sold his Vienna mansion in the woods for a bunch of money, but they're like, we still need more money. So they came up with this stupid, fucked up plan. Okay, listen to this. I'll be the judge. Here's, here, <laughs> here's the story. So on June 25th, 1925, what a year. Emil, <laughs> Emil Merrick was rushed to the hospital with a severe injury. You see, Emil's leg had been nearly lopped off in a woodcutting accident so severely that amputation was the only option, causing Emil to lose the leg altogether. What at first looked like an unfortunate accident became much more suspicious when Martha and Emil began to demand insurance money for the accident. Who are they trying to claim insurance on? The big-time leg insurance companies. Oh, God, I forgot about leg insurance. (laughs) David David has a lot of leg insurance, but, like, actually, no, I don't think they would let him because he has that – he was born with that shit leg. Oh, my God, pre-existing condition, pre-existing gross, stinky leg. He's fucked. He tried to like paint it a normal color and walk in there, and they smelt it. So like, they're like, "No, dude, you're not tricking anybody." So flies and the dogs and ah. Oh. Do you remember the so, last episode we did together, and we were sitting there, and that weird toad just jumped out of the the leg bag? Yeah, the leg. Yeah, and then the hamster. Oh, remember? And God. it was like it came out. I was like, "This isn't the candy store." Yeah, and that was like, a sad hamster. He was looking for oh. candy canes. He got stink leg. You got stink leg. That was a bad Cowtails. Day. <laughs> so, I still don't know what a cowtail is. <laughs> so, so when the insurance company, you'll, you'll get into what kind of insurance. When the insurance company looked into their files, they realized that Martha and Emil had taken out an accident insurance policy on Emil for 10,000 pounds. And in 1925, that's $4.5 billion. <laughs> 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 I don't know how much that was, but you know, oh whatever. So, um, but they had taken out an insurance policy uh, just a day before the accident, which is like, it seems like everybody ran insurance scams back there, back then, but they would like take it out like a week before. And I also have another question later. Are you just allowed to take insurance policies out on people who you don't know? 
I I David, I'm, please answer I'm this. I'm trying to calculate this inflation. <laughs> but like it seems like everybody was like taking I know we talked about It's hundred and thirty thousand dollars. Oh, that's pretty good actually. Solid I mean, chunk of change. It is, but also like you know, we love would you rather's. You chopping your leg off for a hundred K? Oh, it was an accident. No. It was but, an accident. I mean, <laughs> I think I can read into where this story's going. <laughs> but no, I mean, you make a good point. I like my leg, so uh, I would probably... But they got some sick prosthetics, though. Honest probably question, how much does it grand. cost you to chop your leg off above the knee? Above the knee? Yeah. Dude, I need at least over a million. Thank you. At least. Below the knee. 10000 <laughs> <laughs> like, will you pay my rent this month? Honestly, I've been kind of hoping to be a pirate for a while now. So, I mean, it's just serendipitous at this point. So, um, this began to raise a lot of questions, and the insurance company refused to pay out the money until the accident was looked into with more detail. As a lawsuit between the parties for a uh, formed, a forensic expert hired by the insurance company was able to clearly prove through multiple traces that the that the leg that was supposedly almost severed in a wood chopping accident actually was a self-inflicted mutilation with precisely three chop marks embedded in the leg wound. Uh, self-inflicted? Dude, she made him do it. They have it this whole co- plan, and he's like, all right, take the leg off. And she's like, ew, no. She's like, I'm not good with aiming. And he's like, well, I'm bad with aiming once I fucking go into shock. So, but it's I like crazy. imagining a forensic expert in the 20s who's just like, the most they can do is just be like, leg don't look right. Oh, my God. Seriously, I talked about that, too. Like, the murderer, I think a comedian brought it up. I don't remember who, but he's like, imagine being a detective back in the day. It was John Mulaney. Yeah, he just has to be standing there with, like, covered in blood, like, with bloody footprints leading back to his house. It's so difficult. Even in, like, the 70s. I just watched a doc about the the Yorkshire Ripper, and they just, like, couldn't catch him, and they had so much evidence because they just didn't have DNA. DNA changed the game. So DNA was invented in DNA absolutely changed the leg insurance game. We were all blobs until DNA was formed in 1990. <laughs> there were legs just floating around everywhere. People collecting on these legs. You find a leg, you get money. You cut Good off a leg, leg, you get money. And DNA yeah. came around. It's like, oh, now we got to work? Ah, oh, fuck. So, so, so the case became publicly known as mass media coverage began to grab hold of the story. Unfortunately for the insurance company, though, the public took the side of the beautiful Martha and her husband, believing the insurance company to be trying to suppress the payment. But that didn't actually matter uh, what the public thought because the Merricks were charged with attempted fraud regardless. But it is kind of crazy. That just goes to show you people like society doesn't really change. Like the good looking person gets like more of the sympathy than like. Even if they're in the wrong, I mean, I think what's her name is a perfect example of it. Um, uh, who's the lady that killed her baby? I don't even want to say that, but um, oh god, who, Casey who's, Anthony. Who's sympathizing with that person? I don't know. Like people were like, maybe she didn't do it, but she was just kind of like a cute lady. But then there was, but then there's like also a bunch of people who are like, she obviously did it. But you know what I mean? Where it's like, did Katie they, just hear you call Casey Anthony a cute lady? Oh. You guys, oh. Tobin has a girlfriend. 
Oh no, she has a knife! <laughs> so, in a last attempt to save herself and her husband from, uh, you know, this attempted fraud she pulled, Martha tried to bribe a nurse to say that her husband's doctor had himself been bribed by insurance agents to make the multiple cuts on Emile's leg. So basically, she was like, here nurse, here's some money, go tell the press that the insurance company came to you and tried to pay you. But not I'm really paying idea, you. To be quite it's honest. not it's not a horrible idea, honestly, but it's you know, it's smarter than just like being like, I'm just gonna kill the insurance man, which like I feel like nineteen twenty five people, that's how they just like dealt with their problems. Like somebody didn't like them, they just killed them. Can you imagine them. living in a society where like Okay, Joker <laughs> <laughs> Come on, do it for me, you know you want to. I'm the Joker, baby. There it is. We got one in. <laughs> but just living in a world, you could, like, uh, if you went back to the 1920s right now, I honestly feel like I could get away with anything. Oh, my God. Yeah. I feel like I could just, like, Bank robbers thought they were good then. I've never robbed a bank, allegedly, but I could go back then and just clean house. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's so easy. But here's the thing, too. It's It's much easier to get, like, shot because people just, like, I think, they're a little bit more cavalier where it's like, well, I'm just going to shoot you and deal with the repercussions later. Now we have like law and order where people go, well, I might go to prison for 25 to life. I don't want to do that. I don't want to shoot you. So maybe I won't, but you're right. I would just think about, I, I love the meme where they go, I'd go back in time and, and make a bunch of money or uh, like off technology. Like I'll make the iPhone and then you get back in time and you go make this. And they go, how do we make this? And you go, I don't know. <laughs> Like, I have no idea. I have no idea how anything works. I'd be fucked. I couldn't make anything. And so, so we res- re- re- resort to a life of crime. No, yeah, I just like sports bet. I like try to remember who won what World Series and just like sports bet. So um, ultimately, though, kind of like Biff from Back to the Future, but let's not get into that. So, I mean, we can. We've got the time. <laughs> so I just in- in- I just invest in Tesla. That's all I'm just going to do. So ultimately, though, the fraud charges were dismissed. But the Merricks were convicted of bribery instead. So that's just kind of like when you're like, it's too it's too hard to get them on the fraud. So let's just get them on the bribery, which like the nurse is just like, I have the money and I could testify in court. So they kind of shot themselves in the leg. Damn and, it, you uh, stole a joke from me. Fuck. I knew it. And they ended <sighs> up serving four months in prison. Not that bad, actually. So, but that guy lost a leg. So that's, 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 Did they, that's and they didn't get, they get any money. Um, oh, look right next line. The insurance company did eventually settle out of court and the Merricks received 3000 pounds, which barely covered the court costs actually. So they settled out of court for the fraud, but then they got him for the bribery. So, um, yeah. they had to pay them some money. So they gave him 3000. So he ain't got no leg. He got no leg. So while Martha was in prison, she met a woman by the name of, oh, God, here we go, Leopoldine Lichtenstein. Not bad. Yeah. Actually, I was I just know Lichtenstein because I'm a big fan of baby geniuses, and they go there. So <laughs> so um, she was in there for poisoning her husband with thallium containing rat paste. Um, oh, sorry. Um, poisoning her husband with with the thallium oh 
the thallium containing rat yeah. paste zelio. What does that mean? It was a it was a uh, paste called zelio that contained something called thallium that was poisonous. And this seeded an idea in Martha's head that would eventually resurface years later. You see, once Martha and Emil were released, they moved to Algeria in the north of Africa. I don't what? Know why? They moved from Germany to Algeria. Damn, that's a tight ass move. <laughs> they probably like. Uh, where does a dollar get stretched the furthest? Algeria. Let's go it's for Algeria. All we have. <laughs> What'd you say? It's all we have. Exactly. I, I mean, one euro. One dollar. Exactly. Like we could buy um, a coconut. They don't even have coconuts in Algeria. Fuck. Um, but uh, they they would go there and they would eventually have two children. But no financial success as most of the money dried up in Emil's attempt to be an inventor. So it, it turns out Emil's not good at inventing shit either. Emil's from the future and he keeps trying to invent the iPhone. <laughs> He's like, I thought coming back to 1925 was, would be good, but I'm just broken legless now. Jesus, this sucks. So the couple moved back to Vienna and began selling vegetables on the streets. I feel like that's your future in the most positive way. Cause hey, I'm okay with that. You thank know? you. Yeah, Some okay. radishes. There we go. See? A carrot. You, you know your vegetables already. You're halfway there, buddy. Cucumber. How much do you charge? Six. There we go. <laughs> there was like six what? Six, six. Just six. Whatever you got six of, give me it. Six. <laughs> I traded uh, one carrot for six carrots. I'm on the come up right now. This one so, guy yesterday just breathed on me, breathed on me for six times. He's, oh, oh. He I was like, damn fish. it. I mean, you, you got me. <laughs> I didn't specify. Fuck. Uh, he didn't. He read the clause. So, Here's your eggplant. <laughs> so, but, um, of course, selling vegetables on the streets just wasn't enough to get by. So Martha took matters into her own hands. See, Emil, who had always been somewhat sick, sick since the leg amputation. Uh, I wonder under, why. Understandably. Um, suddenly died in July of 1932 of what, David? What is, since you listen to this podcast, what does everybody die of back in the day? TB. There we go. He supposedly died of tuberculosis, baby. I was and, I was running through all my, is it an acronym? It's an acronym, right? I was, what? I was running through all like, I was just trying to think for so long of all the, the, the disease acronyms, and I got it. Oh, yeah, yeah. You got TB, right? Right on the You got leg. all the haunted TB hospitals. I know. <laughs> you got it. So just a couple weeks later, their se- – oh, this is sad. Their seven-year-old daughter also met the same fate as Emil, dying of TB. Both of these deaths would put insurance money in Martha's pocket, though, but it once again wasn't enough, this greedy bitch. So, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Well, well, I guess you can call her that. Yeah, you'll find she out didn't why. Give them the TB. True. Or did she? Oh shit. So Martha soon began to uh, ward uh, once again. You know, look after her wealthy and aging aunt Suzanne Lowenstein, who she soon moved in with, and you guessed it. Within a couple months, Suzanne also died of TB as Damn. Martha inherited. Her small fortune. She has a small fortune now. Small fortune's enough for me. She got like multiple insurance claims now. So Martha immediately spent all the money she gained from these three deaths and needed a new victim who she found in a new border in her home. 
So she brought in like two people into her home so they could stay in rooms and they boarded there. So they like rented rooms in her house. And one of the people that rented a room was an elder elderly woman named Kittenberger. I assume that's her last name, not first name Kitten, last name Burger, like a sprained ankle boy, ain't nothing to play with. So I'm going to take off. <laughs> I'm good. He's, We're going to end the leaving. podcast here. He right? didn't like my early Drake reference. Is this, so, you can hear me walking out. This ain't nothing at all. <laughs> so, so Kittenberger died shortly after, of course, and Martha received an insurance policy of only $300. Well, that makes sense. If it's just somebody in your boarding house, you shouldn't be able to take out a fucking insurance policy on This them. is my question. My next sentence is, can you take out insurance policies on random people? I just I... want to pause and say I'm really doing a great job of being David Stokes and also being you by interrupting your story and saying what you're <laughs> going to say next. Well, I'm really killing it. Well, yeah, you kind of are a hybrid. This is what happens when you listen to this podcast. You become two obnoxious people in one. Hold Not on, wait. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be David. I'm gonna be David again. One sec. Ah, <laughs> oh, there we go. There we go. That's the Dave. David, is that you? Are you back? Anytime pa- you hear a beer, Papa, 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 you're back with your leg. I smelled you coming up the street, <laughs> hobbling. So I heard the dogs are barking. <laughs> All the dogs in the neighborhood were wild. Wild thing. Anyway, sorry. So needing a bigger payout, she devised. Her last scheme. Martha noticed an expensive painting hanging in her deceased aunt's house and decided to hide the painting in a nearby warehouse and claim that the insure uh, that the insured painting had been stolen. So I guess she's insuring paintings now too, which is a lot easier and smarter than insuring people who are going to die. Yeah, I steal paintings all the time. That's fine. It's fine. You said you rob banks. Rob an art gallery. That's a little bit more fun, you know? Yeah. Nicholas Cage. I stole a decoration of independence. <laughs> it's in John Voight's oven. Don't look in there. So, this would have probably worked if not for the detective who was assigned to the case. His name was Ignatz Peters. The detective who had also investigated the mishandled leg amputation years earlier. Let's go, baby. So instantly suspicious, Peter searched warehouses across Vienna until he uncovered the paintings. Merrick was arrested and once again charged with insurance fraud. You know, but you're only getting like four months. I mean, that was for bribery. Maybe she'll get a little bit longer. But when the elderly woman, Kittenberger, her, uh, when her son learned of the arrest, he acted on his own suspicions and approached police with a uh, police with his disbelief that Merrick had killed his mother. You see, as a result, Kittenberger's body was uh, ordered exhumed along with the bodies of Merrick's deceased husband, daughter, and aunt. The police, dis- the I know they dug up everybody, and the police discovered that each body contained. Thallium, a rare and poisonous chemical compound. Remember where thallium came from? Totally. The lady in the prison killed her husband with the thallium. Yeah. Yeah, I was listening. No, I'm here for sure. So so Peters then sought out Merrick's son 
and found him in poor uh, in a poor district of Vienna, suffering from the effects of thallium poisoning. So she was poisoning her last living child. What's the crossover? I, did I miss this where you explained the crossover between thallium and TB? Uh, they thought she died of TB. She didn't actually oh, die. It's of just gotta TB. have like very similar symptoms or something. Yeah, it makes you very Shit. gaunt and weak when you're being poisoned. You probably become skinnier, start vomiting. You where to buy <laughs> TB <thallium>. poison? <laughs> Send thallium to Tobin. Keep going. <laughs> so, so not surprisingly, um, but he he later the son recovered in the hospital after being hospitalized, which is good. very very good. Because that mom was about to take an insurance policy out on her last son, which is fucking awful. But uh, not surprisingly, Merrick had recently taken out an insurance policy on her last remaining child. Just like I said, shit. I just read that sentence twice, basically. Do it one more time. <laughs> so Comedy, so, rule of threes. So <laughs> He's still alive. It's fine. So Martha Merrick maintained her innocence to the end of her, to the end of her trial, which was held in 1938. The prosecution, however, sealed its case by proving that she had been a steady customer of a Viennese chemist who sold thallium to her. So they they got the plug. They got the thallium plug. And uh, uh, Martha Merrick received the death penalty, which had been reintroduced to Austria. This is where it gets a little like... I don't know if we should be applauding this or or condemning it, but it had been reintroduced to Austria by the controlling Nazi party. And she was beheaded by a single blow of the guillotine on December 6th, 1938. So, so basically the Nazis were like a a formed party at that point. Obviously world war two has, hadn't started, but they brought back the death penalty, which eventually instead of her getting prison time, they, guillotined her instead so it's Jesus. obviously no one likes the nazis but we also like to see justice brought to child i want to i want to come out on this show as clearly anti-nazi <laughs> okay so we're I, an, we're anti-nazi anti-wasp anti-goose 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 okay it's a it's a three it's a three-prong anti-stance and if i see a wasp or a goose in a nazi uniform you know i'm coming at you i'm fucking coming at you so, um, in the end, I just want to say that uh, money is nice and all, but a stinky leg is forever. Because there's, oh, there's no fitting way to end this story. Because it's just a, a, a weird fraud, murder, poisoning leg story. Self-lopping off the leg story. So You know what's crazy is even with that leg chopped off, they probably had it stored in a closet for weeks or buried underground for months, it didn't even smell close to as bad. As Stokes' leg. As as David Stokes' leg. I don't know how he puts pressure on it. It looks like a, like a water balloon that's about to explode. I'm afraid to we'll walk next to him. I don't, Imagine sitting next to an airplane on that guy. I know. It's like... I, I can't. He's I like, can you move your seat it. up? My legs, uh, my legs roasting back here. And I was like, oh my God. It's but cooking. It's good. It's cooking. Can you put the blind down on your window? The sun's cooking my leg. <laughs> it's, <cooking. laughs> it's not getting tanned. It's just boiling. I'm getting blisters on this thing. 
holy shit that's the i'm picturing the grossest fucking leg right now i did i can't do this anymore jesus but three hacks to the leg i can't get over that he hacked it and then he hacked it again and then she's like you know what this isn't deep enough for an axe cut like an accident hack what's it one he, more what's time. he hacking it with is it a hatchet because that's all you could get i'm trying to do the angle myself Dude, I don't think you – it's like when somebody goes like, oh, they committed suicide with a shotgun. I'm like, you can do it because like I've – like there's been people who have done it where like they put their toe on the trigger. I don't want to give them any ideas. But like I've heard like people do that because it's such a long gun that you have to like keep it far away from you and you usually can't reach your hand there. But if you have a full-blown axe and you go, this is the axe I – you know did it with you can grab the hand grab it right by the by the blade you gotta choke up on the axe yeah yeah you gotta choke up you remember in little league and you were the little guy and you yeah, had to yeah. use you had to use the really good guy's bat and he was way bigger than you hey the pitcher's a leg <laughs> it all comes full circle baby it's just all leg baby but like it's crazy to think like i mean i think she maybe got like a whack in there because there's no way he had the momentum to even like get anywhere close through that leg right i think here's my call he took a hack went into shock legs just there she was just like okay i gotta step in mm. she lines up in the batter's box yep. takes two big swings done yep. deal or she he built a rube goldberg machine and it was like did it and like the ping pong ball is going across the little track and it's like and then it popped the balloon and then like the other ball started rolling down and then eventually the axe came down on his leg and then they had to do it again. Two more it. times. <laughs> it was horrible when he had to set up for the second The first times. one, it was there was a lot of anxiety. The next two were really, truly terrible. He's like, blow up the balloon and fucking blow out the candle. We got to do this again. <laughs> Love a Rube Goldberg oh, machine. They're man. so that's fun. A, that's a good story. That's, it's, it's, it's just it's chock full of, full of leg, mystery, and poison. Strange, what, what more do you want? Strange things, if I may say so myself. But Hey-o. that's my story. So it's hope you pretty damn it. good. All right. All right. So uh, let's get into my story. Tobin, first and foremost, thank you for having me today. As a longtime listener, now three-time contributor and a huge fan, it is my hope that I can absolutely ruin my story with as many typos as you typically have in yours okay. and hopefully bring the same type of chaotic, primate-driven, horny energy that good old David always brings in full force. Why does he get the good uh, descriptions and I get the bad ones? And by the way, the words are spelled right. I just don't know how to read. That's exactly why he gets the good ones and you get the bad ones. I can write. I can't read. Hey, man, you just learn to be better and I'll be nicer. Okay. <laughs> Fucking ass. So, Tobin, and uh, God, I hate this. Should I call you Alex? Does everybody just like call you Alex on this pod? Do I just have to change? The only other person on you? this pod is David Stokes, and I don't know what he calls me. Who knows? I don't think he says He anything. doesn't say my name. I'm like Voldemort. I mean. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> so, Tobin, as you may know, our country has been going through quite a big time as of late. Big time. You may be thinking... Big time. You may be thinking to yourself, ah, yes, politics, change, the dawn of a new era. I say to you, no, you're wrong. The thing I am actually referring to is a small group of true believers who are opening their eyes to the falsehoods that have been spoon-fed by the pudgy hand of American democracy. I am talking about the revolution, the movement, the cataclysmic realization that birds are not 
real. Oh, I think we talked about this a little bit with the goose last episode where you guys touched a little bit on it and I was thinking to myself, well, fuck, my story's ruined, but then you jumped off it real quick and I'm glad you did. Yeah. I don't know much because about it. Cuz I'm these. ready to just I'm ready to educate the world, you know. There's there's been a there's been a big change, you know. People are starting to come to a realization that uh, a small faction of of the United States has been aware of for a long time. And honestly, with everything that's going on right now, I just really think it's important for the American people to know what's really going on. I think that's fair, too. I don't know much about these mechanical birds, but I need to be prepared and I need yeah. to know how to defeat them if I ever come to a swarm. A swarm yeah, well, you know, before I blow your mind, I think it's important to uh, know what we're dealing with here. And to do that, I think we need a little backstory. So let me get into it. <laughs> okay. Oh, whatever you say, now, asshole. <laughs> now, you may have heard of a little startup known as the CIA. The Central, <laughs> the Central Intelligence Agency was created on July 26, 1947, when Harry S. Truman signed the National Security Act into law. A major impetus for the creation of the agency was growing tensions with the USSR following the end of World War II, which, this is fun, our stories kind of, you know, somewhat get close to each other, you know, you... You took it up to World War II, I'm taking it right after. Yeah, the leg lives. Yeah, so, you know, things weren't great with Russia, and, you know, you may think to yourself, wow, David, we had issues with Russia, but we're so chill with them now. So weird, right? <laughs> it's like, the way things were back in the day, it's just crazy. Well, when Alan Dulles was named the first civilian director of the CIA, he took it upon himself to lead the charge in state-sponsored surveillance at the highest level. Wanting to keep tabs on the Russians and any other possible bleh, any other possible spies. Hey, Alex. Damn it. Fuck you. Ugh. <laughs> Wanting to keep tabs on the Russians and any other possible spies in his great country, he knew that cameras and surveillance on the ground could only go so far. And so, in 1956, with the direct permission from Dwight D. Eisenhower, Dulles took his program to the sky. Ooh. Dulles, having a known and deep-seated hatred for avian creatures of all kinds. What? Yeah, no, he just hated birds, notoriously. I thought we were the only ones who were anti-goose. No, so this is the thing. You would really get along with him. Ooh. I mean, probably not on a lot of things considering the era, but for this, he hated <laughs> birds. I'm okay with one talking point and just sticking to it. We're just going to stick to birds. Dulles hated birds. And you guys also hate one very large bird. I don't so, have enough. Inter I honestly don't have enough interaction with interactions with most birds to hate them. I do hate geese because of their fucking rude attitude. But you ever been bit by a goose? Close. I got snapped on once. Really? On your like on your like wiener or like where? No, not my wiener. Uh, just just my arm. What other animals have you been bit by? Mine's only a goose, a goat, and a dog. I got bit by a crocodile, and uh, I got went. And, I went, they went into the the uh, what's it called the death spiral. I got dragged down four hundred <clears throat> feet into a swamp and died. And now I'm an android. Now, now it's your kink, and you were the guy who was <laughs> naked above the crocodiles <laughs> in Australia. I healed myself. I have regeneration abilities. We don't kink nice shame. Episode. We don't kink shame on this podcast. We just goose shame. Yes, goose shame, wasp shame. Not so shame. anyway, Dulles absolutely 
hated avian creatures, hated these frickin' flyy boys, and he thought to himself, why not kill two birds with one stone? So, not wanting to alert the public or any possible Russian spies of his plans, Dulles knew that the only option for mass sky surveillance was to murder every single bird in North America and replace them with millions of sophisticated robots capable of mimicking real birds in every way. (laughs) Okay. My problem is, is the, I guess airspace over North America is considered. So now he's doing, now he's going into Canada and murdering birds. Sorry. U.S. of A, baby. Okay. 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 But the problem is it's hard to like... We do kind of own Canada when you think about it. <laughs> Don't they love geese? Fuck them. Oh. <laughs> That's my best goose noise. But damn, I need I need me a Red Rider BB gun to help out the cause. Yeah, I mean, that's the common misconception is a lot of people think that like birds have never existed, but obviously birds have existed since the beginning of time and then they stopped existing in the United States. Well, I'll get into it, but like, yeah, I mean, it's pretty obvious that dinosaurs were once birds. Are you telling me he killed the dinosaurs? No, this is the thing: is birds were around. Every <laughs> bird existed, and then Dulles knew that in order to have like the amount of bird drones that he wanted for it to not seem like birds were everywhere, he just mm-hmm. had to eviscerate all birds. Yeah, you can't have double birds all. Of can't a sudden. double bird. No, 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 no. So while Dulles wanted to get his drones up and running as soon as possible, he faced the difficult task of eliminating all the birds in existence. <laughs> that's Damn. the fun. That's the fun part of the job. The building the fake birds is hard. I could kill a bird real easy. All right, I'm gonna try to get through this part. If Stokes' stinky trash bag leg existed at that time, they simply <laughs> could have captured the smell and released it above the atmosphere. <laughs> Was this serendipitous? Did you write this before? Yeah, it really was. I did. I wrote it today. Holy shit. (sighs) Unfortunately, this was in the 50s and 60s, so about 10 years before David was born. (laughs) (laughs) David's? He's close to how old now? 75? My guy's getting roasted on this pod. He's getting roasted like his leg on an an airplane when the the window's up. On a flight to New Zealand. (laughs) Oh, God. Uh, In the shadows of government, Dulles was awarded $65 billion initially meant for public (laughs) health funds. (laughs) What was that, 10 grand? That's about 10 grand today. (laughs) He used this huge sum of cash to carry out the forced extinction... And so, with the help of Boeing and engineers sworn to secrecy, Dulles headed to Area 51 to get the party started. When Dulles's team arrived in the desert, he asked them, or sorry, he tasked them with creating a new, stealthier, and more bird-killier B-52 bomber. Ooh. So, Tobin, if you were going to make a new B-52 bomber tasked with murdering birds, what would you call it? Uh, obviously, I'd call it the bird killer, but I'm not going to go for that low-hanging fruit. I'm okay. going to call it Falcon Death 57. That's really that's a really good answer. He named it the B-52B, and the extra B standed for bird. <laughs> is this a real plane? Yeah, man, this is all real. This <laughs> new... <laughs> I just love my favorite part, which is greatly overlooked, was the sixty-five billion dollars in nineteen 
fifty something. Hey, man, you you're grossly underestimating the amount of money that the U.S. government wanted to use to murder birds. They, they ate them. <laughs> this new bomber was outfitted with a four hundred and fifty gallon water tank in the place of typical bombs. Oh. The tanks in the planes were then loaded with a specially formulated bird poison. Boison. <laughs> was it thallium? <laughs> this boison was designated to work fast and effectively only on birds. So it, you know, couldn't get down and reach the people. Oh, God, science so... never got it. <laughs> All this information got out, but the science of the bird poison never just seemed to reach the public. Oh, God. It was sprayed from the planes as they cruised undetected in the night sky, and once it even touched a bird or their feathers, because, you know, they're two different entities, it immediately <laughs> entered its bloodstream. <laughs> Knowing that they couldn't get all the birds, they made the poison transferable from bird to bird, much <laughs> like bird gonorrhea. <laughs> I don't think that's how poison works. That's <laughs> how this poison works. If no you know question. one thing about birds, birds hate each other just as much as we hate them. So they're not hanging out together, okay, guys? We don't hate all birds. Just like no. the big, big lake birds. Known as... I love a toucan. Mm. Just a Weird good old Weird stick-tongue-looking thing. The most genius or evil addition from the scientists creating the substance was how the virus, sorry, the poison, <laughs> would eventually enter the bird's bone structure and decompose them from the inside out in under 24 hours, leaving no trace of the bird so the public would not know anything happened. I was about to say, what happened to all the dead birds that they had to clean up? So now they're just decomposing at like an extremely yeah, rapid that's rate. a super, super dumb question of you because obviously... It got into their bones and then decomposed them from the inside out. <laughs> the science never made it out on that either. But yeah, the government well, thought of everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's a lot of government <laughs> secrets haven't made it out. Now, I will spare you the rest of the details of the mass murder of birds that took place in this short period of time. But it's safe to say that by the early to mid-1960s, every single real bird in existence was dead. <laughs> <laughs> Oh wow! I I love all those birds that that come to America from like like Russia and like all these Asia. I want a better life. No, nope. especially like especially our penguins on the list. They came from fly. Dude, all the time. birds that came through Ellis Island looking for a better <laughs> life. Just like boatloads of penguins just coming to oh, see. God. I gotta see the Statue of Liberty. I gotta see it. They smoke. They smoke. <laughs> Why are penguins like? freaking bodega owners in new york <laughs> i don't know they just are i don't make the rules but i love all these flightless birds that just like made it to america mm -hmm. it's just a, it's really beautiful and amazing yeah absolutely so that is an extinction of millions upon millions of birds in a time span of under 20 years the only thing to die faster than that was my dreams of finding a successful career okay <laughs> <laughs> now tobin wouldn't the public notice if all the birds were gone? Yes, they would. And so it was time for the production phase. But where could the U.S. government build and then deploy millions of birds without the public knowing? NFL Underground, stadiums. baby. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What'd you yeah, say? Yeah. NFL stadiums? 
no. This is off season, baby. <laughs> Can we just say baby the rest of the podcast? A baby. Baby. Okay, so underground. Okay, that makes sense. That's it makes it makes a lot of sense. Everything. Yeah, because you can't just be in factories mm-hmm. making stuff. You no. gotta be. You there's gotta be windows. Under the earth. In, yeah, there's windows in factories. People, you know, all those little newspaper kids, there was like hundreds of thousands of them selling newspapers on the streets, just poking their little heads into windows. Yeah, and the guy goes, hey, and then the kid runs, and he goes, and he tells somebody, and then he... He tells tells the big Italian crime boss, and he goes, here's a cannoli. Here, you owe me money. Here's a cannoli, kid. (laughs) $10,000 for a cannoli, you owe me. (laughs) Do you remember the fear that America sparked in its citizens about the possibility of nuclear war? Never heard of it. Really? Was that called again? The Red Scare? Yeah, well, it's all false. They should have called the Cold War. Fuck, the, the, cat's, bird the ju- cat's doing a thing. Stop doing the thing. Hey. Yes. Er, listeners at home, I'm so happy I'm getting this. No. Get the cat. <laughs> you Can got what anyone? you wanted, David. You got what you Take wanted. Me, make sure I'm off mute. Get out the bow. <laughs> Get out the bow. Get out the bow. <laughs> Oh, uh, Katie ran in. She just she just did a um, uh, a quarterback sneak with the cat. She ran, grabbed it, ran into the room. We're good. She did. She did what those uh, what those officers did to the chickens. She tackled the <laughs> cat. Fucking tackled chest first. That cat she didn't see it fell coming. Fell on the cat. Didn't see it. <laughs> didn't see it coming. Oh man. Well, so getting back to it, um, you know, America sparked a lot of fear in uh, the nuclear war. And a lot of people refer to this as the Cold War. I think that they should have called it the Bird Drone Creation Distraction War. Because by stoking fear of an impending nuclear disaster, the U.S. government had an easy route to build massive underground warehouses during the time period between the 1960s and 1980s. These facilities said to be bomb shelters. I hope Mm. you can hear in my voice that I'm doing like the air quotes. Quotes, yep. Bomb shelters were so massive that hundreds of workers could fit inside and construct up to 5,000 robot birds per day. Okay, I love this idea because I'm going to hit you with a piece of gotcha journalism. I'm sure that you have an answer for it, but I'm, so I'm going to wait until you get there, and if you don't bring it up, I'm going to drop it on you at the end. you got to come up with an excuse for me. So please continue, David. Okay, fine. <laughs> Finally... Finally, the CIA had completed their goal. All birds in North America had been destroyed and replaced by drones. But with so many bird species to replace, the possibility of what these birds could do was endless. Mm. Tobin, I'm going to start giving you a couple different species of birds. I'm going to do the first two, and then I want you to guess, and I'll give you the answer of what they do. Sound good? Okay, but one second. I don't think you're going to bring it up. I'm not. How did all those workers not talk about this did they neuralize them david did they sign ndas david it's really funny that you say this because i didn't have this written in my story um but uh all this all these you know you can find a lot of resources online for birds are you know these fake birds <laughs> all these things but a great resource for everyone is birds aren't real.com mm. um it's a lot of truthers out there a lot of true patriots that are really standing up for their country and fighting for what's right okay. but 
Um, you can find out that during this area of the 60s that, Tobin, you like to refer to maybe as the summer of love, you know, <laughs> everybody liking to say all these things, yeah. not realizing that the government put these drugs into society so that when people got addicted, they could go to a club or do a Grateful Dead concert if they were around there. Maybe, I don't know, we're at a Jimi Hendrix concert. Who cares? Mm. And they can find these people that are really into LSD, acid, all these things that are people are taking and be like, hey, man, come with me. Like, I got... I got some stuff for you. And then uh, they give them something. It's not even acid. And then these guys come. They go to these underground labs. They build these drones. And then they throw them out in the desert. And then these, all these people that made these drones, like, I don't know, two months, five years, ten years later, say to themselves, man, you guys won't even believe the craziest trip I ever had. I got taken by these guys, like, out to the desert to make Wait. all these bird drones. Wait. And then they just, you know, I ended up in the desert somewhere, and it was just such a weird, crazy trip. So are you telling me that LSD, people on LSD made all these bird or fake LSD? No, they thought they were on LSD because it was such a weird, strange scenario for them to be in. Do a lot of they L thought they were tripping. Do a lot of LSD trippers have the same story across the Oh, board? yeah, big time. No, you go, you go onto the LSD message boards. This is all there. <laughs> you guys remember the bird robots? Like, I remember that. Oh, oh my God. We must have been on the same shit. Everybody stop this podcast. <laughs> if your dad is 60 years old or older, and from... go talk to him if he's ever built a drone. <laughs> and he'll say, well, and he'll look if your mother's in the room or not. And he'll be like, back in the 60s and 70s, I had a crazy experience. And he's going to walk you through this whole underground lab where he built these drones. I took a he didn't. <laughs> I he thought a, he was on LSD. I, he was just helping the government. I took a funny pill with a Mercedes symbol on it. <laughs> oh, God. Are you ready to guess what these, what these drones yeah, do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. So, pigeon. City surveillance. Of course. Vulture. Oh. Public sanitation. Okay. Great. Ready? I'm going to start giving you some more. Owl. What do you think they do? Oh, that's that's woodland. Uh, that, that's the woods and like nighttime surveillance. It's nighttime surveillance. Way to go. That's Fuck really yeah. Good. Fuck yeah. Seagull. Um, we want to we want to keep an eye on the coastal and maybe some boats. Coastal surveillance. Fuck Way to yeah. go. You're fucking killing this. Goose. Goose. Uh, asshole. The fucking me wringing its neck surveillance. No, um, I'm going to say I'm going to say estuaries and pond surveillance maybe inner city maybe parks and rec surveillance oh my god i can't believe you just said rec recreational surveillance oh my god you're on fire right now <laughs> i'm ready to absolutely you're not gonna get i'm just ending your streak here Fuck. hawk okay well if it's really out of left field i want to say <laughs> uh baseball game surveillance <laughs> Oh, small mouse surveillance. Regional alpha. <laughs> what does that mean? Oh, it's just like it's keeping an eye on all the other robots. I honestly don't know. <laughs> it's charging on a telephone wire. It's keeping everybody in check. Mulligan, mulligan. Mulligan. Uh, Sparrow. Uh, uh, I'm going to say suburban surveillance. General surveillance, so I'll take it. Okay. Uh, these next two, if you get these... I will edit this podcast for you. Oh, cool. Save you a lot of time. Bluebird. Bluebird. I want to say Canadian surveillance because they had the blue days up there, but I'm going to go with um, postal surveillance. 
retina scanner. <laughs> I just gonna say somebody needs to keep an eye on the mailman, but yeah, yeah, sure, yeah, scan my eyeballs. That's a good one too. Yeah, exactly. Hummingbird. This is the last one. Hummingbird. Oh shit! Obviously, it's not gonna be something that I'm expecting. Um, inner ear surveillance with their little noses. Look at it. Attack drone. What? It's yeah, like a, it's like attack a drone. dart. It just shoot right in your <laughs> neck. Okay, I was kind of close with the inner ear because like that's the you most were. that's the most delicate place for a hummingbird to just stab right into you get the brain. You were there. Yeah. So while many say that the theory that birds are not real may seem far fetched, last year I'm talking 2019. Oh shit, 2020, baby. <laughs> it was revealed that the South China Morning Post, or sorry, it was revealed by the South China Morning Post that 30 Chinese military and government agencies were deploying drones that looked like doves to spy on citizens. The program, codenamed Dove, is led by (laughs) Northwestern Polytechnical (laughs) University, Sean, Shane, Sean, and each bird is built with GPS technology, a high-definition camera, and flight control system. The scientists behind it say that they replicate 90% of the movements of a real dove. So clearly this tactic of high-level bird warfare is not just in the U.S. anymore. Oh, fuck. Even more proof, in 2011, German engineering company Festo, what a fun name, launched a flying machine that looked, a, sorry, that looked exactly like a herring gull. Named Smartbird, the drone is so realistic that, quote-unquote, real seagulls, we don't even know if they're real, actually fly alongside it believing it is one of their group oh it's just two different companies birds like trying to like they're just trying to copy america it's what everybody's been trying to do forever we did it first you guys like stop like festo china get out of here am i happy about it no but are we the best at it yes of course yeah so the next time that you are out on a walk or a stroll in your local park and you see a friendly old man feeding pigeons Sprint up to him as fast as you possibly can. Rip the bread from his cold, cold hands. Dead hands. Eat the bread and yell at him while you do. Don't feed the machines. Don't give them more power. Fight. Resist. Overcome. And then turn to the birds, a.k.a. drones, and whisper to them, I know what you are. Oh, I just go up and I go, Wackerango family! What a pocket full of shells! That's a rage against the machine bit. <laughs> you really took the climax of my story to the next level with rage against the machine. Old man, and he's like, "I'm confused." I'm like, "Well, wait it now." Exactly. Really good. So, um, holy shit. So anyway, yeah, birds aren't real. Um, like I said, a lot of this info came uh, from the the dark web. But if you don't have a VPN that you really trust, I highly suggest going to uh, birdsaren'treal.com and check it out. This is brought to you by NordVPN. (laughs) This is brought to you by NordVPN. The CAA can't find you. Oh, my God. I did not know all that information about the different types of birds, that we were the original creators, that we had $45, $46 billion to kill birds. I mean, that's the most interesting fact to me, and it totally yeah, makes sense. Because I would I kill them for free. <laughs> you don't have to. Well, pay I was going to say that we had to kill the birds, not that you. 
kill him for no money, but that's fine. I, I just like find me in the park, and they're like, "Oh, well, what about like decomposing?" I'm like, "They decompose in my belly." I'm just swallowing pigeons whole. I'm like a python, baby. I've always thought about you that way. <laughs> you ever see me? A big, un- slippery, sweaty python. I always do the thing where I unhinge my jaws—a party trick. It's really funny. You also eat shrimp at a like the bar like the shrimp at a party that are walking around on a tray. And you do yeah. the thing where you like shake your neck and gullet to like get it down. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, ah. like like a gull. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but yeah. like also like an anaconda. That too. Yeah, yeah. I eat a uh, tail and all. And by gull, you mean robot. Coastal surveillance. COVID, coastal surveillance. That's what I meant. COVID surveillance. <laughs> yeah. What bird is that? A crow. They're uh, everywhere. Marta. Oh my God! Well, is that is that the end of the is that the end of the story, David? That's it. That's all I, mean, I have. Yeah, I mean, you would know that if you didn't come in with a Rage Against the Machine bit uh, at the end of my story. I have to finish every podcast with a Rage Against the Machine bit, but okay. I mean, that's totally. I thought fair. you I listened to that. this. But... No, no, I yeah, that's my bad. <laughs> well, um, thank you so much for coming on. Your story was amazing. It's always great having you on. We got to get you back on when Stokes gets back because I feel like this trifecta will really just uh you know solve all of the mysteries of the world and uh as as long as we're still remote and i don't have to get near that leg um i'm good yeah i'm in. so glad he moved away <laughs> i feel like even a state away i could smell it sometimes if i catch the right santa Ana wind seriously oh my god they were trying to figure out what started all those forest fires in oregon <laughs> how, does the, Stokes his leg. how does the leg do that i don't even know it's it's like well, it got so hot his from his flight from, there. His fumes from his leg are are flammable. If if you yeah. want to be real about it, but a lot of people don't know that. No. So, well, thank you so much, David the Coward, for coming on once again. Yes. We love when you do. I hope all you guys loved it as much as I did. But um, if you guys want any more information, you can go to our Instagram at Cam Strange Podcast. Click the link in bio, and we have everything there that you need. Merch, any place you want to listen to us. You can rate, review, subscribe on Apple Podcasts if you want. If you listen on anything else, that's fine too. And if you guys want to send us anything, send it to campstrangepodcast at gmail.com, and we will respond. We got time on our hands. We will respond. Hopefully soon we'll be coming up with another Tales from the Camp. I got some new stories in the email, so hopefully we can expect that on the horizon when Stokes gets back. And uh, like I said, maybe we could do this again with uh, David the Coward because it's all always great having you on bud don't be nice to me you're never nice fuck to me. you i i'm gonna kick your ass after we get this. i'm gonna give you a virus i'm gonna send you a virus after there it is it's gonna eat my bones <laughs> oh, gonna I'm eat the, all my bones I'm, i got the tb no you got the bird virus baby oh wait that's a real thing too bird flu <laughs> oh god oh shit uh this world's a nightmare okay david do you have anything to say before we head out of here so you make this easy on me i get to say david again david do you have anything to say before we head out Every single bird you see next week, just yell at it. (laughs) Scream as loud as you can. And on that note, don't forget, I know you won't, to stay strange.